Here's what's coming up on today's show. Yeah, if you got a term policy and it runs out, they give you the ability to renew it, but it's astronomically expensive. So most people probably don't need life insurance uh, once they turn 65, especially if it gets really expensive. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery. Glad to have you back on Perfect Game Retirement. We're talking about the fine print. Ryan, are you a guy that uh, reads the fine print when you either buy something new or, you know, I know you have to do it with your clients, but just personally when you're at home and, and doing your own thing, are you, are you someone that skips over that or do you pay attention? I try to pay attention. I have to be honest, I'm not going to read every single page, <laughs> but I try to, to things that are very, very important, like we're building our own office. So the agreements with building and locking in rates and earnest money. So yeah, I definitely read that uh, cover to cover. Still didn't probably understand all of it because hmm. it's a lot of attorney speak. And so some stuff I'm like, oh gosh, just like some of the disclosures in our industry are written by attorneys and it sometimes is just does, doesn't translate. It's hard to understand. Right. So I would like to say I'm good at it, but I'm not perfect. Well, yeah, we're not all perfect and we oftentimes just kind of toss that aside, but we want to make sure you are reading the fine print when it comes to financial planning. And today we're going to talk about some of the things we might hear people say that aren't paying enough attention to the fine print. So it should be a good show. We got some mailbag questions coming up a little bit later as well. But please hit subscribe on the show, and you can always find every show online at blackoakam.com. That is also the home to Black Oak Asset Management, and you'll find a lot of the great resources there, including a retirement rescue toolkit. And most importantly, you can always schedule your Retirement Coach 360 session online right there as well. So jot that down again, blackoakam.com. All right, so we've got five different things here I want to run by you, and uh, and I'm sure you probably heard some of these, maybe all of them along the way, but these are, again, things people might say that aren't reading the fine print. So let's begin with, I just got a big rate increase on my long-term care insurance. Is there a lot of fine print when it comes to that long-term care insurance? Yes. <laughs> again, my first job in, in the business was more insurance-based and in, in long-term care was one of the main, the big three, if you will, life insurance, disability, and long-term care. So you really had to stress that, okay, here's what your rate is now, but the insurance company can go to the state insurance commissioner and apply for a rate increase. And if it is approved, then you'll get a little letter in the mail that says, hey, congratulations, you have a rate increase so you usually have one of two options. You usually have, okay, yep, I'll pay the 20% increase to keep my benefit, or I want to keep my premium the same, but now my benefit has dropped by 20%. So usually there is a option to do so. Um, and I've gotten a rate increase on mine because I do have a couple of policies on me and my wife. Uh, my dad's gotten them before. So you really have to stress like, hey, this could happen. I'm just the messenger. I'm not the one jacking up your rates because I got no control over that. But it's a very good chance that that's going to happen because the, you know, the long-term care insurance industry for a while was like the wild, wild west. People were just trying to sell them at, you know, bottom prices just to get the business. And then they realized, oops, we've really priced this incorrectly. 
and there's been a lot of rate increases over the years. So I tell people if they get one, do not be surprised. Let's make a plan for this that you may get a rate increase within the next five, six, seven years. Heck, it could be the next year. Who knows? But there's a pretty good chance that it's going to happen. So as long as you disclose it, tell it. But yes, they do have the right. It's not like a term life insurance policy that you're paying 30 bucks a month for the next 20 years of your life and it's not going to go up. The long-term care, it definitely can. And even getting a long-term care policy is very difficult now. Uh, they There's a lot of declines or rateds um, when huh. it comes to long-term care insurance because again, there's a really good chance that you're going to use it and the insurance company is going to be out of pocket. So they, I get it. They're insurance companies. They're there to protect you, but they got to make money too. So just, just know that that's probably going to happen. Well, I know in the fine print, I always think about like hidden fees or, and costs, right? I think mm-hmm. that's often in the fine print that people get caught off guard with. And this this one statement probably isn't a surprise to you, but someone might say the fees in this annuity, they're a lot higher than I was told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being disclosed of all the different layers of different types of annuities, the one that's easiest to pick on is a variable annuity because there's so many different uh, fees and charges they can do inside of annuities. Um, you know, mortality and expense fee, admin fees, uh, sub accounts. Sub accounts are the investments inside the basically like mutual funds inside of those variable annuities, but they're called sub accounts. Uh, any kind of riders, um, you know, income riders, uh, death benefit riders. You know, there's just, when you see rider, that's usually a cost. Um, so they, those things can stack up and add up pretty pretty darn quick. And so most, most variable annuities, I'm kind of encapsulating them all here, but most of them are going to be, you know, one and a half percent. And I've seen them as high as five and a half percent. I mean, it's crazy when you see these kind of roll up guarantees is what they call it. Uh, at six and seven percent, you're like, well, yeah, because you're charging five and a half percent. Like that's a one and a half percent spread. That's pretty easy to to do uh, from an insurance company standpoint. Now you got fixed annuities, you got um, fixed indexed. Usually, fixed annuities are just a glorified CD. They're kind of stripped out of all real major charges and expenses. The only charges that you pay is if you take the money out early. So they do have a very high surrender schedule, meaning you know, you may have, you may pay anywhere from nine to 10% penalty if you take the money out early, but if you leave it in there for three years, four years, five years, whatever the fixed term is, then you really don't pay anything. It's just those people who take that money out early, they get, they get hit up. So there's not really annual cost, but there's some cost built in if you are to surrender the um, contract early. So yeah, annuities are, are littered with these things. You just, you know, we do annuities as well. Um, not really variable. We'll do some fixed or fix, fixed index for retirees who want to protect that downside. But you just need to know what you're getting into and know what the surrender schedule is because uh, that's that's an implied cost or a soft cost that you don't pay each year, but it's there. Yeah, I think the common theme with a lot of what we're talking about is just knowing what you're getting into, as you pointed out. Like that's mm-hmm. for each one of these points. That's the bottom line is making sure you know. So let's go to mutual funds. Um Someone might say, you know, this mutual fund had done really well for the last several years, but it tanked as soon as I got into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the the age old, you know, past performance is no indication of future performance. That's probably the biggest disclosure in our industry that uh, that we definitely have to do. I mean, yeah, you want to look at track record a lot of times. You want to look at internal expenses. 
but it tanked as soon as I got into it. Yeah, you hear that a lot. Um, you're like, okay, well, give it time. Let's see what it's going to be in 10 years, five years. This is a long, a long-term game. Uh, but yeah, definitely just being cognizant of mutual funds, internal expenses. Again, past performance, which means nothing moving forward. But if a fund's been around for you know 20, 30, 40 years and has a pretty proven track record, okay, I like to see that. But Again, there's no guarantee moving forward because there's new there's new funds that are created all the time. Whether it's mutual funds, ETFs, they're they're new ones all the time. But just knowing what's in them, um, now knowing what every single company's inside the mutual fund, okay, that's probably a little little ridiculous when you have hundreds, if not thousands, of companies inside of one fund. But uh, just knowing and being aware of what's in there, and, and knowing um, that you know mutual fund managers who who manage the fund they can buy and sell companies inside of those mutual funds which if you hold it in a non-qualified or a non-retirement account that can trigger taxes and there's really nothing you can do about it because the fine print says the mutual fund manager is allowed to do what they want to do inside that particular fund so you may get a tax bill and you're like wait a minute i didn't take any income out well the mutual fund manager sold some stuff inside your fund and it triggered a taxable event. So just be aware of that. Well, I know you've worked uh, quite a bit with life insurance, so you probably have heard this before, but someone might get caught off guard because their life insurance suddenly got really expensive as soon as they turned 65. Yes. Um, it's especially if it's a, like a company benefit, because those are usually in five year increments, like they move up because they're actuarially based uh, but then some people's term insurance um, basically are, are, are over. Maybe they got a policy in their mid-40s, and now it's a 20-year term, and, hey, they have the ability to extend it, but it's a crazy amount of expense. So maybe people um, don't need life insurance at that point. So, yeah, it, it gets it, – it's all based on age. So the older you get, the more expensive it's going to get. So it's it's something that you really have to take a hard look at. Okay, do I really need this anymore? Do I need to pay for this? You know, if you have a if you have a whole life policy and you've had it for a while, then, you know, that, that premium probably stays the same. It's more expensive, but it's probably staying the same. Uh, but, yeah, if you got a term policy and it runs out, they give you the ability to renew it, but it's astronomically expensive. So – most people probably don't need life insurance uh, once they turn 65, especially if it gets really expensive. All right, one more here and dealing with REITs now. So if you want to maybe break down a REIT too for anybody that's unfamiliar, but with REITs, some people are, are surprised because they want to get their money out of it, but they're getting told, hey, you can't have it back right now. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the most common one. Uh, you see a lot of people going, well, why can't I get my money out? I mean, it's it's up to the the non-traded REIT company. So there's REITs that are traded every day on the open market, and then there's non-traded REITs or BDCs, business development companies, and those are not liquid. Um, they, they usually pay distribution rates on a monthly, quarterly basis. Those aren't even guaranteed, um, but it, it's, a, it's a way to invest in real estate without you having to pony up all the money yourself and own real estate. So it's a collection of properties, usually almost like a mutual fund, um, but it's not liquid. So if you say, hey, you know, you get into one of these and you want to sell and get your money back after two years, well, it's probably not going to happen. It's up to the company to have a liquidation event. And when it's when there's a liquidation event, then you can decide to get your money. But usually it's more of an income producing 
uh, strategy that's not directly correlated to what the stock market's doing every single day. You don't see it ping-ponging around kind of like stock prices do. Uh, but just know you're, you're kind of at the mercy of that company when they want to liquidate that, that uh, real estate holding. So it could be, could be a few years. It could be a decade. I mean, there's, it, it's, in, it's in the fine print that says, hey, you know, if you need, like the only chance you can get money out is usually like a hardship um, and you really have to qualify for a hardship. So something to be aware of. So these are just some of them, but I'm assuming, Ryan, you probably hear other situations like this. Somebody comes in for the first time and maybe is caught off guard by something. But, you know, that's kind of the work that you do, too, right, is is just making sure that everyone you're working with is just aware of everything they're involved with, understand all the products or investments that they're tapped into, because they don't you don't want someone to be caught off guard by these things. No, you don't. I mean, as long as you disclose it as a visor and document it and say, hey, we, we discussed this. Um, here's the pros and cons of each strategy. Here's the cost. Because there's a cost to everything there is, whether it's an implied cost or not. Um, there, there's cost to strategies and doing things. But if you go over it and people are fully aware, yep, that's the cost. Um, even working with an advisor, that's a cost. Um, you know, now, people we work with, if they want to leave us, then there's, okay, that's their decision. And there's no commissions or surrender charges to, to do that. Uh, but there is an implied cost. Um, and that's a transparent cost. So we like people, let people know what we, what we cost to, to help them manage their money and, and, and come up with a financial plan. But as long as they know the cost, there's, there is something because these companies got to make money. It's, you know, they're not nonprofit organizations. They are for profit. And as long as they're making money and they're doing what they say they're going to do, then it's a good fit both ways. All right. Again, if you want to sit down and schedule your retirement coach 360 session, you can do that right now. Just do it. uh, Jump online, blackoakam.com. That's the website. You can also call Ryan directly at 470-508-0508. Now, I got a few questions here, too, that came in this week that I want to get to as well before we close out this episode. Have some good ones. I want to begin uh, with Gwen who says, my house is already paid off, but I'm about to sell it and downsize to a condo that's about $100,000 cheaper. Should I just put that money I make during this transition into the market? You could, Gwen. Everybody, you know, from a risk tolerance standpoint, everybody's a little bit different on this. You know, with the volatility that we're seeing right now this past year, you know, you could put that money in. I mean, from a long-term perspective, this is a buying opportunity right now. Now, could our market continue to be volatile and maybe tick down. Sure. It, it, it could. I mean, there's plenty of doomsday people out there that say the world's coming to an end. I'm no profit. Maybe it will. I don't know. But from a long-term perspective, it is a buying opportunity. But one strategy you may want to think about, Gwen, is that $100,000, if you want to invest it, maybe put it in an account and then kind of drip the money back into the market. If, if, if the volatility scares you right now, maybe over the next year, six months, 18 months, I, you know, I don't care. There's no d- exact timeline, but if, if you're scared that that hundred grand is going to continue to go backwards, okay, maybe put hundred grand in the market, excuse me, in your, um, in your brokerage account. And then maybe, you know, 10 grand a month invest or five grand a month, invest some of that money. So it's almost like you did, Gwen, while you were working in your 401k or whatever retirement plan you had access to, you're putting a little bit in each each pay period. Well, almost kind of look at it like that. So that's one strategy to do. But if you're like, hey, I'm not going to need this money for another 10, 15, 20 years, I just, yeah, I would invest it and, and don't worry about trying to time the market. Thanks for that question, Gwen. Uh, here's one from David. 
Is there a better solution for having for saving for college other than just piling money into a 529 plan? Good question, David. I get this all the time. So good question. Uh, 529 plans are great. They are. I mean, if you have a kid that's going to go to school, I mean, tax deferred, tax free growth as long as you use it for uh, school. I mean, it's, it's hard to beat. Now, I don't like putting all my eggs in that one basket of uh, putting all that money in a 529 plan. What if your kid doesn't go to school? What if they get a scholarship? What if they don't need that much money? Now, that's not a problem that most people run into, that, that um, it's overfunded, if you will. Now, there are some ways to get around that. Um, you can maybe change the name on the 529 account to yourself, to a spouse, to a kid, to a nephew. I mean, there's you, you can transfer it uh, as far as the name goes. But just sure savings in there. Um, I mean, there's there's ESA accounts, educational savings accounts, but those are really not that popular anymore uh, because 529s basically do the same thing that ESAs do. And ESAs, you can only put $2,000 a year in versus a 529, you can put a whole lot more. Um, I, I usually tell clients and, and suggest, hey, open up a just a joint brokerage account and, you, in, and you're in your spouse's name or just you, if it's just you, put it in your name and it's an investment account that you can use for whatever you want. Um, you know, you can use it for school. You can use it for a wedding one day. You can use it for your retirement cause it's in your name. So you can use it whatever you want it for. So it provides a, a lot of flexibility, but do know there's going to be tax consequences on some of the gains in the account. Now it depends on if it's short term or long term capital gains, but you're going to have the profits or the gains in the account, you're going to have some sort of taxable event. And it depends on what your federal tax bracket is, depending on how much you pay. And again, long-term versus short-term, that's kind of getting into the weeds a little bit, David. But I like it because no one's telling me where I have to use my money. I'm okay with paying in some tax to be able to use it for whatever I want. That's what I do. That's a suggestion I give. So I'm on, I almost tell clients, hey, put some in a 529, but just don't put everything in there. Maybe put it in a different account. Uh, that way it's in your name so it doesn't count against financial aid calculation with FAFSA for your for your child. So anyway, a lot of planning opportunities there, but there are other options and I think that brokerage account's a good way to, to, to go. All right, thanks for that question. Got one more from Grace. This is a second marriage for both me and my husband. We file a joint tax return, but we keep all the other financial matters separate. Is that okay or should we be doing things differently? Uh, Grace for a second marriage. Um, I'm okay with that. I mean, it looks like you're combining forces in, in some shape, form or fashion, but maybe just not all checking accounts and, you know, emergency funds, savings accounts. So I'm okay with second uh, marriages doing that, you know, first marriages. I'm like, you know, it's, you should just combine things. It makes things a whole lot easier. Now I've seen people make it work. So you may be shaking your head right now, people who are listening to this and, and you may, have split accounts and, and okay, fine if it works for you, but I just first marriages I say combined, but second marriages a little different. You have blended families and different obligations, so I'm okay with uh, keeping things separate. So if it works for you guys, just just keep plowing ahead and, and doing things separately from uh, from those account setup standpoint. All right, very good. That's all I got from the mailbag today. Thanks for the questions. If you have some for us, send them in. Blackoakam.com is the website. Some great tools up there as well if you want to continue improving your knowledge and education when it comes to financial planning. But if you ever have questions, just go ahead and start with scheduling your retirement coach 360 session. You can do it right there through blackoakam.com. 
com. Phone number as well to reach Black Oak Asset Management is 470-508-0508. Great show, Ryan, and uh, great insight as always. Look forward to catching up with you soon. Hey, more important question. You think uh, <laughs> the tide and the dogs are on a crash course again? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like we're going to have to bring that up at some point um, <laughs> this fall because, you know, we've already had that showdown and you got me, uh, you, you've won up me. Uh, you got the, the last laugh so far, but I, I, I'll tell you what, after watching him play, I think it's clear who the top two teams are right now. I agree, but yeah, I mean, we may have had the last laugh, but you guys have the the dynasty um, last laugh. Yeah, it, it'll <laughs> be don't fun. Have that yet. The, the Georgia definitely hasn't dropped off at all, so we could be we could be seeing uh, two more two more matchups this year before it's all said and done. Should be fun. Should be. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, thank you for listening to Perfect Game Retirement. Look forward to catching up with you again on the next episode. So please hit subscribe, and we'll talk to you then. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledner, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.